Did you know that chickpeas and garbanzo beans are the same thing? That's strange. They're the same thing. They're the same food. They're the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. There's a grand conspiracy by Big Hummus to distinguish garbanzo they, they don't want to call they don't want to say hummus is made from garbanzo beans yeah because then it's, that's not cool and hip for hipsters chickpeas. Like, oh no it's from chick chickpeas. is a cool word what's a chickpea i don't know I think, some kind of you know chicks eat chickpeas exactly right? chicks dig chickpeas <laughs> also it sort of sounds chicks. like chic you know it's really chic yeah see chic you understand peas. big yeah. hummus has fooled us all oh they're good they've got a lot they've got deep pockets they do hummus companies they do uh, welcome to Brolitical Discourse. This is a podcast between two brothers. Uh, I'm left of center. Owen's right of center. Um, normally, we say our own names, so yeah, I want to introduce yourself. Sorry, I'm Patrick, and I'm Owen. Um, so yeah, um, thanks for tuning in. Um, other than uh, taking down big hummus, we like to talk about political topics um, in a friendly manner, in a positive manner, and uh, it's usually quite enjoyable. Um, before we get into our topic for today, I just want to say if you want to contact us in any way, you can uh, you can always email us at brolyticaldiscourse at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to hear your feedback on the show or answer your questions or anything like that. Indeed. So, last week we discussed I, well, I what was it means. I, I might say last week, but it was definitely more than a week ago oh, yeah. that we recorded our last <laughs> last Anyhow, episode. That is correct. Yeah, last episode we discussed <laughs> for keeping me what honest. it means to be um, a Republican today. It was probably close to a month ago now. I don't know why yeah. we didn't record them at the same time. That would have been much smarter. Um, but mm -hmm. leaning Republican myself, it made sense that I should explore this topic and give my thoughts. But today, Patrick is going to give his opinion on what it means to be a Democrat today. Uh-huh. I got your mid-gulp, no. didn't I? Yes, but that's okay. Um, I was thinking about... So, I, if I remember correctly, I, I was sort of characterizing the modern trend of republicanism in terms of, like, the culture of kind of, like, Donald Trump and, like, the things that I don't like about it, which is kind of the... I guess, I don't know if how much I talked about this, but the animosity, I'm thinking about like the 2015 Republican primary was just a caca yeah. circus. And the other things that I don't like about his, what he brings to the table is the undermining of truth and facts or whatever. Now, I know that that's not the, like the platform. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I can't like just say that, that those are the two things that make it, make it, um, make a modern Republican. But um, though that's that's sort of, in my memory, what we talked yeah. about. Are, are there, just just so I can, like, so I'm clear on this before we get into the Democrat stuff, like, are there other things that, that you think um, were in there? Or maybe we, we should just, on? just move past I, I feel like we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how it's shifting policy-wise and then also just the culture. So you can address both of yeah. those because I think they're both important in their own way i mean i don't think i have a super strong grasp on like the 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 traditional like history of democrats because i like was a registered republican for 
uh, first several years of my political life. Um, but I do think that um, the biggest trend in the Democratic Party is just policy-wise to the left. I think that it's quite clear, based on the rising stars of the Democratic Party, that it's becoming, it's going closer towards socialism um, than than just like liberal, you know, yeah. policy. Um, exemplified by, of course, a lot of people are pushing for single payer health care, um, free college for everyone, and like because Bernie Sanders is, you know, a socialist. Um, and, and those are, those are things that I think five years ago even would have been considered radical Mm -hmm. and completely would have gotten you like laughed off of a stage, but now they're getting, you know, traction with, uh, the base and stuff. So I think that's really interesting. Um, the other thing is that I, the other, the other part of this that I think makes the modern Democrat is, um, I think... Well, I think political. I, I don't think this is for 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 all of them, because there are definitely some Democrats that push back against this, but not as many as the Republicans. But I yeah. think part of the culture, if we're going to talk about that, is political correctness is definitely part of it. Like the social um, part of uh, what it means to be Democrat, I think is that we we want to make sure that um, the way that we talk about. Uh, things is fair and kind um and some people you know do not care for the way that that perhaps has gone too far in the sense that like you know political correctness run amok Mm -hmm. is a is a thing that some people don't like um those are those are two of the things that i that i think are um the big differences uh in the modern democratic platform compared to what it was not so long ago yeah. Do you would you agree with that, or are there, are there any other aspects of it? That you I think? do agree, and and there were a couple things I was going to ask about, and you already touched on them, so I'm glad that you know I don't need to ask, but I can just comment on it because I also I've noticed that, like you said, the it, it you you mentioned the uh, growing number of people who are in favor of socialism, you know that's a, a very large contingent now, and then. Um, when you mentioned political correctness, I, I, I don't know how this ties in, but I was thinking intersectionality. Sure. Um, I think that's a, a very, uh, so I mean, I'm my, my, um, understanding of the term intersectionality is pretty similar to the term diversity. And I feel like that diversity has been a thing that, you know, Democrats and liberals have been calling for, for a while now. Would you define those differently? I would say that diversity is a good thing, whether you're talking about diversity of, you know, individuals' backgrounds or ethnicities. I think that's a good thing. I think what's even more important is diversity of thought. And I think where intersectionality differs is that it grants you like a a moral status based on your victimhood. Um you know, it, there's like a, a tyrannical uh, group and everyone is uh, is oppressed by those. So you and I are both members of this tyrannical group, you know, mm-hmm. we're white men. And although you can be an ally to 
to minorities, you will always be like an oppressor. And I feel like that's a, a, a narrative that's really, um, it's, it's growing on the left and it's, uh, I don't know, you can, you can disagree if you don't really feel that, but I, I've been seeing it. Yeah. Well, you're an oppressor, but not me. I'm like you said, I'm an ally. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that like my understanding of that, um, argument is more, is, is less that individuals are oppressors like you or me because we are white men are oppressors and more that, um, generally as a, as a society, we have policies in place, um, that benefit people like you and me and that harm people, minorities and stuff. And it's not necessarily any one specific act that you or I takes or makes, um, that does those things. And so, I I think that like it's not like you bear all of the guilt for it. It's it's just that maybe you benefit from it and and we should change that. Do you think that's different or do you see I understand that there's some nuance there and I know what you're what you're talking about. Um but but I feel like in terms of the Democrat party there has been an overemphasis on merely electing people who you know, are of a minority, um, like I won't say victim group cause they haven't used that, that language, but it's, it's people who are ethnic minorities. And it seems like regardless of, of how radical they are or, or how qualified they are, you have, um, Oh, what's, what's the guy's name who, who lost to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York. I feel like that's an example. It's like really a, a 29-year-old bartender mm-hmm. is is now a representative, but I think that's just p- people want like fresh new faces and they want to change up the, the look of the Congress. And I think that's fine, you know, like the, the large preponderance of congressmen are, are white men. So it's like that's, you know... Well, to me, it's 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 sort of neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It's like, it's just a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you in in some sense because it's like, we want to have. I think the the priority should be to have the best people in Congress, right? Regardless of of what, you know, your background is. If you're going to be a good congressman, you know, that we it behooves us to have you in Congress. The the reason why I think there's a push to have diversity in Congress and have people of different ethnicities and stuff and other other intersectional groups is because we have a, or at least we're supposed to have, a representative democracy and the people who we elect are meant to represent us and represent our values and our interests. Mm-hmm. And not it's that's not to say that someone can't do that if they don't identify with the, the background of their constituents, but, you know, it certainly helps and in it i think people feel and probably do have more feel that they have more of a voice if they have um representatives who actually are like them you know mm-hmm. uh, i again i don't know if that's the should be the priority i don't know if it should be the priority that we have intersectionality in congress because like i said the most important thing should probably be that they are good and effective you know, legislators and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that's part of it. It's just having people that represent you and that, and that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Can, well, can understand and, and where I, you come from. Like, um, like I was trying to say, I understand the value of having, you know, representation in terms of, you know, ethnicity and sex and stuff like that. So you, you want, you know, people who, who you feel represent you uh, sort of on a, a personal level, I guess, rather than just your interests. I understand that that's a, um, a want of a lot of people, but I don't know why that should be a priority. And also I, I feel like, you know, all else, all other things being equal, if I have two candidates who are identically qualified and one's a man and one's a woman or like one's a, a white dude and one's, you know, Hispanic or African-American or something, I would consider voting for the other person just to, you know, kind of add more diversity to the Congress. Mm -hmm. But like overlooking someone's views for the sake of, you know, it almost like just an affirmative action seems kind of bizarre. I, I have seen that in certain cases. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. you know, people are... I, I, I guess when I brought it up, I was just pointing out that it feels like the Democratic Party is perpetually drifting to the left, and I feel that way with socialism mm-hmm. and intersectionality. It's becoming more of a priority that we focus on our racial differences and i i don't know it it seems like it's there's like the the fresh new faces that we just saw elected in 2018 um that was like a a heavy emphasis in the news it was all about you know we have our our so many women first so many people of color yeah and it's like okay that's good but what like what are their views on things? Do we even care right. at all? And so I think there's a a divide between this like so-called establishment Democrats and mm-hmm. all, this whole new group of people that was just elected in 2018. Yeah. I think there's just a, a heavier emphasis being placed on on race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right. I I think race has become like a, a a political topic unto itself in a sense almost like with regard to immigration now whether or not it should be framed this way is is another question but like with regard to the immigration issue and also like black lives matter and and police shootings and and what have you there mm-hmm. um race is like i would say probably a bigger topic now than it was 10 years ago and i I think one of the things that you, what you said is that the Democratic Party has a tendency to focus on the racial differences or something like that. And I I honestly agree with you because one of the things I think a a lot of people think, and I think I probably agree with this, is that it is like, it's it's not to create division between us. And to make it like you're bad, I'm good. It's to it's it's basically like to draw attention to the things that need to be looked at and changed, perhaps. So like it's one of the reasons why um, people I think sometimes people will say something like, you know, 
oh, I don't see race. I don't see color. I just treat everyone the same. And I think on paper to some people that sounds like a good kind of policy, right? Because then it's like, well, I can't be racist if I'm nice to you and nice to you or I'm mean to you and mean to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that in order to um, like be able to perceive um, the ways that people are affected by policies and elements of our society, in order to see the differences between how minorities are affected by them versus um you know, majority groups, um, we need to be able to focus on like, what, what are the differences in the way that people are treated? But, but what I was going to, what I was trying to say is just that we shouldn't be colorblind because that allows us to overlook racial issues. You know what I mean? Like we should, we should be mindful of, do you think there will, yes, but do you think there will ever be a time, um, during which it's acceptable to, to treat everyone equally? I, I don't understand why that's a bad thing. And it seems like it's a very new thing within like the last five years to start focusing on racial differences again. And and you said like it is important to see skin color, but that's not what the whole civil rights movement was about. Like the whole thing was, you know, equal treatment for everyone, equal protection under the law, like equality is a good thing and sure. and trying to so, to like stoke you know racial tension by saying that there's there's differences and there's you know there's inequity and there there's like systemic racism or whatever it's uh, it, i don't think there's any legitimate reason for racial tensions to be as high in america as they are today compared to like 40 years ago you know Mm -hmm. you would think that we had made no progress but like yeah what is so seriously wrong in our country today that is causing race to be such a a focal point i mean there's probably some things i mean i i i don't know that i want to kind of like go into all of them but mm-hmm. I just, I did want to, I mean, we can, I guess, at least a, on the surface level, but I did want to kind of address one of the things you brought up, which is like, you know, why shouldn't you treat everyone equally? Um, and I I get what you're saying, right? Like that's, that's like a value that we share is to like, you know, sort of like do unto others as you would have them do to you or whatever, you know, kind of like just be good to everyone. And I think that's, that's definitely valuable especially in your interpersonal relationships but like if you're if you're talking about like so like equal treatment under the law you know like the 14th amendment and the fourth uh 14th amendment definitely has the equal protection clause in it and and we're talking about how we want to you know treat all of our citizens equally under the law um i would say that the reason why that shouldn't just mean like well then don't don't do anything to either group um, the reason why it shouldn't mean that is because, you know, the status quo has not been equality. The status quo has been inequality for a very long time, um, at the very least up until the civil rights movement, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were to say, like, you know, like, ju- ju- just after slavery had ended and uh, Jim Crow laws were in effect in the South, right? If you said, okay, well, I'm just going to treat everyone the same, um, and just act like I don't see race, 
Um, well, then if we if we had policies that worked that way, then, you know, all of those like all of the people who, who were freed slaves would have never had an opportunity to, you know, sort of like make a life for themselves because the the status quo, the society had had all these barriers in place. I don't see what that has um, to do with 2019, though. What happened in the last 10 years that all of a sudden we need we need uh, social change to uplift minority groups that, you know, like, has there been some sort of like cram down on racial minorities within the last couple decades? Because no, I'm just wondering the, why, say, why now at this point in history um, is this so contentious? Whereas back, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, it wasn't, that's a, wasn't really that's a, a good, worry I, in many I, people's minds. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, I think it's being so, used as a, a political wedge to drive people apart, and I think it's been very effective. And you have a, what I see as a growing group of people on the left who have a, a disdain for, like... White folks? Yeah, and then, and then you have radicals on the right... I'm not saying that either of these groups is, you know, like taking over necessarily, but you have groups sure. on on the right who are like, you know, being outwardly and um, openly racist. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think it's fair to condemn it on on in, in any um place what you knew i was gonna say it didn't you <laughs> yeah you can't say it's those so words frust- anymore you can't it's so frustrating been ruined but <laughs> on both sides <laughs> Gosh, no but i'm not i'm sorry but it's it's definitely I not know, know. the same thing because i'm not saying <laughs> there were good people on both You're sides not saying, i'm not an yeah, idiot yeah, yeah, I know, i'm I saying know. that racism is bad wherever it occurs and i don't subscribe to the the whole notion that racism is like bigotry plus power no it's just it's hatefulness and and having a contempt for someone or or discrediting them based on the color of their skin and i think that it's prevalent today and everyone is using it against each other right left and center and i Mm -hmm. just think it's it's weird because it's like why in 2019 really like what happened so okay, so first of all, I do I do th- agree with you that like there are probably people that hate white people and want to kill them, and there are probably people there are for sure white people that hate minorities and want to kill them, and that is all bad. I agree on both sides, <laughs> um, but like in in the middle, you know, I think. What you're what you're asking is like what, why you know in the past couple of years is this all of a sudden an issue again? Like not that we had if, like completely solved racism in the civil rights era, but like people weren't up in arms about racial issues ten years ago, and now they are. And I I get that. I will say, perhaps there had there have been um, events that have spurred this on, but I I just I will say that I think Owen for you and me like. We, to, I think to us it kind of does appear like it came out of nowhere. Think, like, 
like all of a sudden there's inequality. What, or at least all of a sudden you're saying there's inequality or something like that. I think it's probably been there. I, I think we didn't solve racism and in the civil rights era, and it's it's just been there for a while, and it has been in the minds of minority folks, and just in the last few years, it has gained some political traction, and it has come to the mainstream. That's what that's what I think. Okay. Um, I'm. It's not like something. It's like racism's back all of a sudden. It's like it was always there, and it's just now being talked about. I would say one of the things, the only thing I can think of that like has spurred this on as a political thing is just police shootings of, of young black men have gotten into the news a lot. Um, that's the only thing I can yeah, think of. And I, and like I don't starting think, with Trayvon Martin and then a bunch of other... And I don't think that's a, like a, a trend. Like during those years, you know, police shootings were on the rise. I think it's, it's like this is something that happens every day. There are encounters with police in cities around the country and and yeah when it's when the news spreads so quickly and everyone is you know like heavily engaged these things um become like very big issues whereas before social media it's like no one would know about it so i understand that that that's i think that's um in large part the the cause of the the extremely large reaction in the in the large scale debate over incidents mm-hmm. i think this is a tough conversation to have because the 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 like the things that were racist 100 years ago like lynchings and stuff like the things that were like very tangible and very visceral and obvious are mostly gone well then and do you think that that's I, I'm not trying to downplay in any way like real occurrences of of racism or bigotry because I know that they happen all the time. You know, I know right. people personally who have said things to me where I'm like, whoa, that's, you know, that's racist. So right. I know that there are individual racists all over the place. I know that it's it's alive and well, and it always will be because, you know, humans are humans. They They like to form tribes and and fight but oh but well, like well i was gonna say this where you can't see it well like you were <clears> saying <throat> it's you know things that that are deemed offensive it's the um the threshold for what is considered offensive has been lowered or for what has been considered racist and i think that's a very good thing you know we we no longer have to worry about like like you said, lynchings as an example, like that used to be the bar or mm-hmm. at, at one point in time, it was like, oh, you don't cross that line. And we lower the bar for what's what's considered offensive or racist. And I think that's a good thing. But then when you get to things like microaggressions where speech is violence and and people are walking on eggshells and losing their jobs for for just really trivial things mm-hmm. i think that we are living in a time where maybe it's it's young people in particular we're hypersensitive to any any little thing that someone could say that's perceived as hate speech or, or something like that and then we mm-hmm. just we kind of lose our minds and so i think that 
you know, we're doing quite well as a country and, and socially, I don't think that, well, I guess in, in terms of like race relationships, I don't think that there's anything to be concerned about, but we are hypersensitive to these things now. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Um, there is clearly a sensitivity to even just like everyday speech. Um, and I mean, part of me wants to say like, well, that's just like the shock of being told that the things you're saying are racist. But, but I agree with you. Like sometimes, you know, things that you, that would seem innocuous or innocent can be condemned. Um, I know this isn't the, the Democrat party, but I'm going to kind of conflate. <laughs> um, it's part of it because we're talking about the modern, the trends yeah. of the, the party. And I, so, yeah. I know this is, um, these aren't um, the same thing. I know it's not, it's, it's, uh, I'm not trying to say that the Democrat party is synonymous with academia, but universities are where it's heavily, uh, it's very prevalent now that mm -hmm. speakers are, um, speakers who are coming to the university are protested by people who, who say, you know, like, fascism is not allowed on our campus, or like, no Nazis are allowed, and it, it'll be like a some feminist speaker who's coming to the school, and mm -hmm. like Christina Hoff Summers, she gets, you know, protested because they don't want her speaking there, and so, th again, the threshold has been lowered so far that that people talking about normal things like we're talking about now are considered, you know, too far. It's like it's it's a uh, an aggression. Mm -hmm. the regulation of speech is a tricky thing nowadays i think and when i say regulation i don't necessarily mean like government regulation but like like you're talking about like protesting someone from from giving a talk just because you don't agree with some of the things they have to say or whatever i don't know it's tough for me how, how to like feel about that deciding how to feel about that because like mm -hmm. i I don't know. I I could see myself protesting something if I if I found someone to be really abhorrent and I worry that the things they say are going to like poison people's thoughts and 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 you know harden their hearts. Maybe I would protest them. Um, but I also understand that like diversity of ideas and the ability to have conversations and dialogue with the people you disagree with is important. That's why we have this show. So I. I'm kind of torn about it, to be honest with you. The only thing I will say is that I actually get annoyed and frustrated when people say, like, well, what about the First Amendment? Because it's really not a First Amendment consideration unless the government is censoring speech. If it's if just it's a public university, citizens, then it is a First Amendment issue. Well, I think it can. There's a consideration there, yes. But if you're talking about citizen, I mean, uh, students organizing and protesting, I think that that is. But it. But if they have the ability to shut down someone's speech, which they have in the past, because the universities have caved to the protesters and just canceled events and like, yeah. deplatformed people, that and seems stuff like that. silly. Well, like you can have you can have a speak you can have a an event where someone's speaking and have a concurrent protest that happens all the time. Yeah, um, I don't see why that shouldn't occur. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's wrong to protest. 
I do think perhaps it's probably wrong to cancel someone's talk just because people disagree with it. And and that can maybe I don't know. It can I'm not even saying it shouldn't inform your decisions later on down the road of who to have come speak at your school. But I feel like we shouldn't go any f- further on this topic because I feel like this would be a good full episode some other right. time. Yeah, so I agree. When I so I mentioned that only because I think that this is one of the areas um along with socialism that I think the party like I said it's moving so quickly to the left within like a year or two it's moved so quickly that I feel like we haven't had time to to keep up with it or even talk mm-hmm. about the implications of of things that people are proposing like universal health care free college yeah, for man. all abolishing prisons like people are throwing out some crazy stuff mhm abolish ice yeah that to me is one that i think specifically abolish ice is a is like a it's just like a i do think that's sort of just like a political like like phrase you can say because it's like sounds exciting and stuff yeah, it's like offering think, candy when you're running for student council yeah it's, exactly. it's literally like that just make promises it's like you can't we don't like these we don't like this group uh, so we'll abolish what don't them. you like ice I, yeah we're getting them out of here what do you like school okay yeah everyone gets to go to college even though okay, now so, college is meaningless so like that just part, promises like crazy do you feel like it's moving too quickly well it's funny because we you mentioned earlier a little bit Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and she's, she's definitely like one face. of the rising stars like you said yes and she I didn't know much about her but I watched an interview with her a couple days ago mm-hmm. and um her her the point the way that she um advocated for college for everyone um that kind of made sense to me is that like we have public education that takes you through high school and historically in the United States public education didn't even take you that far and we've just sort of moved the goalposts further down the road as as education has become more important and more available and so her her thought was like we should just offer you know just just offer public education for a little bit further to college or trade school and it made sense to me because like you were saying like well you said college is meaningless and maybe that's debatable in its own right but but like at the very least having a college degree is helpful and in in some ways necessary for a lot of jobs you could you could you know right but what i'm saying is if everyone's getting it for free everyone's going to get one and when everyone's super (laughs) no one will. well not just that okay so syndrome was a wise man sorry i I think it's likely going to become more expensive because you have more demand because the universities are full, they're going to increase tuition, which is easy for them to do because the government's paying for all of it. I just don't think it's smart, and I don't think it's necessary. Like, what should if you want a PhD, should that be free as well? It's further education. Should you just be able to go to school as long as you I mean, want? Should it always be covered? I don't think so, no. Okay. I don't know what there, she would say. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. <laughs> Um. Oh, so you mentioned that you were watching. Was that the uh, sixty minutes interview you were watching? Uh, no, it was. Oh. Okay, it was from a while ago. Because I know, I think last week she did uh, sixty minutes with 
Anderson Cooper? Is that, or maybe I'm getting that wrong. I don't know. I think he's on that. Anyway, uh, last episode we talked about the, the, um, I guess, attack on truth by Donald Trump, our president. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. And I I don't know if I conceded anything in our last episode, but I definitely agree Mm -hmm. that he's been less than truthful and, um, and so that, that's been on full display in recent weeks. You know, he said, like, Mexico will pay for the border wall. And then people are like, wait, well, we're paying for it. That's why the government's shut down. No. And he, you know, says, well, our new trade deal, it more than makes yeah. up for it. So that's like a blatant lie, Is he talking lie, about the, the NAFTA um, replacement that I he... Think so, yeah. The, which is basically, and to my understanding, is basically just NAFTA. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I, I haven't silly. looked at any of the specific policies in it, but anyway, sorry. But in, on the on the flip side, Ocasio Cortez was on sixty Minutes, and someone asked her about like the importance of telling the truth because she's been um, caught many times on camera just telling blatant mistruths, and she argued that essentially being right, being you know on the right side of the argument, the right side of history or whatever is more important than, than being factually truthful. Mm-hmm. And she said that, um, wow, just outright on 60 minutes. And I feel like that is, um, evidence that truth is sort of the, the importance and the emphasis we place on truth or we have historically is kind of being eroded on both sides. Yeah. On both sides, <laughs> that word Oh, I hate it. It feels like such a cop-out. Yeah. I, I don't like either party. Let me tell you why. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. Especially because we framed this discussion as what's what's new about Republicans and now what's new about Democrats. So in this one instance, I think it's totally okay to say, to do the whataboutism kind of, you know, because like that's kind of just what we're do- we set this and, up as. And I think whataboutism is, is making exceptions for your side based on things that the other side has done you know in the past yes saying well what about them and not addressing yes the, the issue at hand so i'm not i don't i wouldn't consider this whataboutism i'm saying that here's another example and oh. and it's just proof it's always bad that it's yeah i'm saying it's so it's bad when our president does it when a republican does it when a democrat does it when right when anyone has you know a blatant disregard for truth mm-hmm. it's wrong that you know owen i'm interested to look into that because like i said i knew almost well i don't think i said this but i knew almost nothing about alexandria ocasio cortez until a couple days ago when i watched an interview with her and i was like huh, i kind of like her she seems well-spoken and she was persuasive to She's me very on charismatic new, very charismatic yeah and and like I was saying, she was persuasive to me on issues that I had not really thought about before, like like government paying for college and stuff. But um, the that what you said, if she did say that, and I well, I trust you and I believe you, um, that she did, that is problematic, and um, that I think that's probably not good. Um, so I don't I know. I kind of re- want to need a return to truthful see. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Warren G. Harding invented that word, normalcy? Yeah, I love it. Okay, so if he, if he can do it, so can you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's surprising. Um, 
I don't know what to say other than that. <laughs> That's not good. And I kind of want to just see that interview just to see what why she said that and stuff. But while we're doing this sort of thing, I, I brought up, you know, the, the two instances of untruthfulness, mm-hmm. um, also known as lying. Yes. Well, Would see, you, actually, I, know, I know we're, we're trying to focus on um, what it means to be a Democrat, but I have another example um, of both parties. Well, it, it's, it's more of an encouragement um, within the last week, and I know this is only current as of our recording, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's important. So um, there's a Democratic senator, I believe, from Hawaii named Maisie Hirono. Mm-hmm. And she was at a uh, judicial hear- nomination hearing, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, she insinuated that uh, this judge, Brian Busher, should be disqualified from a U.S. district court seat because he was a Knight of Columbus. <laughs> because he was Catholic and she was like, you know, mm-hmm. claiming that he, he couldn't be impartial, uh, unbiased and impartial or whatever. Interesting. And Tulsi Gabbard, who is also from Hawaii, she called out Maisie Hirono and she, uh, for essentially religious bigotry. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was very commendable. You know, she's a Democrat, she's a leftist, but she was she was um, brave enough to to call out someone of her own party mm-hmm. uh, when she was wrong, when she was doing something wrong, and then. In the Republican Party, do you know Steve King? I, He's a Republican representative. I remember his name. He <laughs> recently, I, I don't know if he recently said it or it was just uncovered, but he was arguing that white nationalism and white supremacy aren't really oh, bad yeah. things. And Ben Shapiro called him out. I, is that what you're talking about? Did you? Yeah, yeah Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And, it was and, very refreshing. To and see a bunch that. of other um, congressmen like Steve Scalise and... Kevin McCarthy and, and many others, they denounced him. Yeah. Cause, and now so they're what, like throwing he, their support. And, and Steve King um, said, like, the, what what's wrong with yeah. saying, yeah, what's like, wrong with being a white nationalist or a yeah, white like, Since when was that a bad thing? Yeah. It's like, geez. Dude, what? Dude, that's honestly <laughs> insane to me. I mean, yeah. wh- do you know where he's from? Not that uh, that makes it okay. Somewhere whatever, in but, the middle of the country. <laughs> okay. That's just interesting. Flyover like, land. No, yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. That's crazy. But anyway, yeah. So a bunch of people called him out on that and, and are requesting people to primary him. Yeah. Which is... Good to see, uh, in my opinion. Yep. That's the way you it have, goes in the House of Representatives. You got two-year terms. <laughs> if you screw up, you could be out of there like lickety-split. Mm-hmm. So I just I just thought I would point that out because I think mm-hmm. it's encouraging to know that there are still some people on... On, on both sides. <laughs> Dang um, it! <laughs> and both parties that I want to soundboard enough. of Donald Trump saying on both I'll sides. I'll just press that every time. Oh, um, no, but I feel you, Owen. I agree with you. It is it is refreshing when you see someone when when it's not just a totally homogenous group of like oh the other party is all evil. It, it is nice when you see like no we're rational. There's a, a little bit people. of self correcting or yes. or you know purging of the people who are deemed mm-hmm. too radical. I guess Maisie Hirono's not going to lose her seat, but still, like that's that's crazy. And I'm glad that people like Tulsi Gabbard were principled enough, I guess, yeah. to call her out and say, 
hey, that's not cool. Yeah. Because that's that's like a common thing now. There was another uh, U.S. District uh, Court nominee that was same thing. She was Catholic, Amy Coney Barrett. And they were like, uh, Diane Feinstein was like, you you know the dogma lives loudly within you. Like as a Catholic, I feel like that's just you know <laughs> strange <laughs> that that's there's like a it's basically a religious test. It's like a mm-hmm. a litmus test. So, uh, I think people are sort of waking up to hypocrisy a little bit, mm-hmm. or I would hope so. Maybe these are just flukes. Maybe it's never going to happen again. But I would like to see a little more honesty, sure, from everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more about the intersectional issues that we were talking about before, and I don't know if I want to go back into it. I'm it's just... tricky. It's it cuz i i feel like hopefully this is this is going to be an obvious thing to say but this is just what i'm thinking right now like hopefully there is a way that we can um this is what i would like to see you know address the racial problems that exist in our country the disadvantages and the ways in which minorities are put down without like tearing down people of majority groups just because they're in that group, you know? And I don't think that it has to be that way. But I think, like you're saying, like some people do have animosity towards um, people in power and people who look like you and me. Um, I don't know, though. I, I don't... I'm not so sure that it's a sincere attempt to you know, purify our country and get rid of inequality. I think that there is a group of people that cares deeply about this and they're trying to, you know, solve some of our social ills or whatever. But I think that it's such a powerful weapon that you can wield against someone that to shut them down because of their ethnicity or to or you know to to go back through someone's tweets and say that they said something transphobic or homophobic like it's just it's such a an incredible tool that people can use to destroy someone that Mm -hmm. i i'm not so sure it's an earnest uh concern for you know people being treated respectfully i think it's it's about power i can use this to, to ruin people and prop myself up as a virtuous person. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but I, that's how I view it a lot of times. I think that's certainly plausible. Like, because, like, I, I don't know if this is exactly what you're getting at, but I, I've been thinking a little bit about how, like, like you're saying, if you say... say I'm not like in the public sphere. I'm not like a celebrity or anything, but I have a job. Um, and I tweeted something racially insensitive, you know, in 2010. Um, but it's nine years later and I am woke now and I'm, and I'm, I don't say mean bad things anymore. Um, but because, you know, somebody goes back through my tweets and brings something to light and shows it to my boss, should I be fired for that? 
Um, I think the answer probably is no. Um, or at the very least, I think that you should have an opportunity to address it and apologize for it if that's what you think is necessary. Or like, I guess I also think about, I I compare it to the criminal justice system and how when someone is convicted of a crime, we, we punish them, right? But in my opinion, there are other reasons why we have criminal punishments. It's not just to get back at the person who did something wrong. It's to rehabilitate and it's to hopefully disincentivize them from doing it again in the hope that they will become a productive member of society and they will not do bad things. So if Mm -hmm. we, if we extrapolate that to, you know, social, um, faux pas or, 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 or racially or, or insensitive things you could say, I would like it if there was a way, a mechanism by which you could, you know, repent or, or like make up for in some way, the, the stupid thing that you did or said, and then, you know, rehabilitate and, and show like, Hey, I said this stupid thing once. Um, I have grown since then. And I don't say things like that anymore because I now understand that that's not, that's not helpful or it's hurtful to some people that I think mm-hmm. I, I feel you on that. I think that there, there should be room for that. Um, do you... And that's fine. And that, that works in the court of public opinion. What I'm worried about is as soon as um, I haven't heard of anything happening, but I know that there's, people who would like to see legislation that that basically controls speech mm-hmm. and who who decides what's hateful you know everyone finds different things hateful um i i guess i don't know why i'm talking about free speech because it's not really on the table right now it's okay. but it's a concern and countries like canada you know seem to be throwing their their free speech rights away mm-hmm. in favor of uh <laughs> do you hear that is that paul that is paul, paul wailing everett screaming in the other room are they playing smash bros yes nice ah <laughs> uh, youth oh uncouth <clears throat> youth <laughs> i want to kind of like put a bow on this um how do you i want to well hmm, perhaps it's obvious but i kind of want i i feel like i said in the last episode that like oh i don't like these trends about the republican party and i assume that you don't like these trends that we've talked about in the democrat party um but like no not really i'm gonna say that i i don't know how i feel about the intersectionality and speech regulation issues I mean, I, I feel like I sort of understand on both sides of it. Um, I understand, like, the reasons why we want to be careful about what we say, because the things you could say could be hurtful or damaging, but also we don't want to be hypersensitive to the point that we're, we're you know, censoring people in unnecessary and unfortunate ways. Um, so I'm not, I'm, for me, the jury's still out on that. I, I, there's a, there's, it's a tricky one. But with regard to, like, mm-hmm. the, the policy, uh, and the push towards more socialist Socialism. things. Yeah. I I am surprised myself by how, how much I have warmed up to some of those ideas recently. Like socialized mm. medicine, well, that one's not that new to me, but I feel like 
single payer or Medicare for all, um, which is basically just like purely socialized medicine, um, makes sense to me. And I, although it would have been wacky a couple years ago, it I think because it's on the table now, kind of, I personally don't mind it so much. The college one as well, um, the free college one, that was persuasive to me. It's not something I'm super passionate about, but um, it's, well, it's something I'm interested in. Should should we talk about those now, or should we save that for another time? Because yeah, I feel could, like they are wacky. They are wacky, strange, wild stuff. That's Johnny Carson. Um, I think we should probably just... I, I do want to talk about them with you, but we should probably dedicate their own uh, episodes to them. Agreed. So uh, let me double-check my show notes real quick and make sure we got everything. Well, mm-hmm. I remember one thing. So... Um, as per our usual agreement, you listeners are encouraged to go back and scrutinize every word of this show, and if either of us has used a logical fallacy, please let us know by sending us a message via email or Facebook or whatever you want. And if you go to yourlogicalfallacyis.com, I think you'll find it quite helpful in identifying the various fallacies. Yes. I personally appreciate this. Yeah. I'm always trying to get better at thinking critically, Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid I often use a lot of these, and we all need to be more aware of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Owie. Yeah. This has been Brolitical Discourse. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. (laughs) Um... We should let, I feel like I said this earlier, but we should let you host one. Maybe the next one is an OE hoster. What do you say to that? I tried to say a little bit more this time, but. You did. And I feel like I probably stepped on your toes because I wasn't ready for it. But. That's okay. Next time we'll have an OE hoster. That's a term that is not going to catch on. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And tune in next time when we'll be talking about something else. Bye. I've got my brother on the line and a cup of coffee in my mind, and that doesn't quite rhyme. See, that's not good enough for a cold open, but it's good enough for me to put it at the end of the podcast in a little five-second clip, which I think I will. (laughs) All right.